Enough's enough! That's it! The time has come to defend our honor! Yeah, you ready? Sure, but I don't think this machine was built to defend anyone's honor. She's right. This machine was built for the parade. That's our point, you nitwit! Chubby, yeah. start shoving that coal! You got it! Denjiro, I'll set down there! I've said... Right! Attack! everybody, welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies that doesn't take itself too seriously with Bryn. And Jeremy. And also Jeremy. And today it is the first week of Black History Month. As we are wont to do, we celebrate by doing a bunch of movies that we would like to talk about, but we can't because the Dark Council has usurped us wow a bunch of uh, racists on the dark council have decided that instead of hearing about black bodies and and spaces and spaces and and um stories and Excellence. voices instead of platforming black voices um yeah. this month we're going to be platforming cartoon voices <laughs> not even real people not even real and people. honestly mostly from fascist countries such as japan mm. um but that's right we are doing animation uh animation anthology month I animation anthology yes so we're doing only animated anthology movies yeah um very specific theme specific way, theme <laughs> way more specific than last dark council who picked montages um, these are very going to be very similar movies, um, but I feel very blessed. I love animation, um, so thank you, Dark Council, for picking yes, this. Yes, I agree. I love animation. I too feel like God has shined His little light on me. <laughs> yeah, the incredible pick. Thank you so much. Or no, I have the little light. God has the ever loving light. Sorry, folks. Is that true? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Oh, okay. And then God sheds his ever loving light on. Is that the same song? I don't know. Is that some sort of Jewish thing? No. <laughs> oh. Catholic, perhaps? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but we're it's not black doing church. Yeah. <laughs> so we're doing animation anthologies um, this this month for the four weeks that there is. And as far as I can tell, another Dark Council has already formed. So we're not going to get to pick any movies this year. Yeah, it's going to be a while. <laughs> we're just going to keep getting counseled. Just going to keep um, stacking paper. <laughs> yeah, they they keep forming. And this is a, this is why it's so dark. It's because it's a, it's a transactional relationship. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, unethical. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and we're, we're loving it. We're, folks were loving it simply to die for yes but uh before we talk about that i'd like to know jeremy what else did you watch this week thank you for asking Bryn. i watched a bunch of stuff this week i want to talk bunch. about um i did too but i'm actually saving one full movie that i watched on the plane for next week <laughs> mm, that's a good idea uh i didn't watch that many full movies i watched um 
I watched one full movie and I watched a little bit of a TV show and I played a video game. And those are the three things I'd like to talk about. Tell me about them. So I watched the first half of the first episode of The Last of Us on HBO uh, because it has come wildly recommended. Everybody's Sorry, talking f- about this first show. half of the first episode. Yes, of The Last yes. of Us. I have had many people tell me, are you watching The Last of Us? It is, it it has is extremely in the conversation right now. It is mm-hmm. the zeitgeist. And I have to say, folks, I ain't watching any more of that fucking shit. <laughs> Not a chance. Not a goddamn chance am I watching like any more of it. You like mushroom zombies, Jeremy? Uh, I like them fine. I. Oh, uh, wait. Are you going to be crying about children again? Yes. Yes. Brand, uh, <laughs> yes, you're absolutely right. I, um, yeah. Uh, Found a found a lot of trauma in the first episode pretty instantly. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I think that there's a lot of like, th- th- there's something to be said for the fact that HBO and, and other prestige television outlets keep cycling out these sort of like uh, um, pandemic themed uh apocalypse shows there's been like a few of them now in a row Mm. um and it just feels like everybody is really keen to already start revisiting like the early pandemic before we knew anything and like how scary it was and whatever and 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 you were like shit is the world gonna fucking end or what dude is that is it already ended is that what this is (laughs) should i just kill myself should i just kill myself uh so so there's already (laughs) like a lot of uh you know a lot of like raw emotions around that and then, yeah. yes, in the first episode of The Last of Us, uh, about halfway through, they're trying to escape from Austin, and a soldier shoots uh, the the main dude uh, and his daughter, and his daughter uh, dies. And uh, yeah, I had a fucking, yes. I had a full blown, you know, fucking panic attack, and I just no. like I had to, I had to leave the room. I like literally got <laughs> up, and I was like, I can't fucking do this, and I walked out. Uh, no, and then my wife. That turned is it off. what happened in the video game. Yeah, no, that's what I, I read the Wikipedia page later and I was like, all right, well, fair dues. Like they did what happened in the game. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't really fault them for it. Maybe they could have, I don't know, had him Warned be like, me about <laughs> or, or he could have just like looked over to him and like, <gasps> and like maybe he like runs over and he says like, it's not so bad. And then they cut away or something like they, they could have done something to not just oh, show her just... bleeding and show his like, like emotions and stuff. And they could have probably <laughs> done some, some, some different things around that. So, uh, sure, yeah. Not going to get me to watch no more of that fucking show. Not and I will on your tell life. You, I will tell you, uh, it doesn't get better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, child endangerment is a big, big part of that game. Well, endangerment is um, one thing, but watching a child die is not fucking nice for me. <laughs> well, yes. Endangerment and I think a lot of death, too. Dude, uh, the, there's one of the, I've never... I have pretty easy to make cry, but like video games are pretty tough. Like there's not that many video games, but there's a video game of The Walking Dead where you have to like make the decision to either like kill a child for his mother, like before he turns into a zombie or not. <laughs> and and it's just like you like just you can either do it or you can't. You can like make the mom do it. 
but like the kid is gonna turn into a zombie he's like a five-year-old child and i was just like sobbing when i played that game christ what is fucking wrong with people zombies aren't real you don't have to do this you're not preparing us for anything it's not real (laughs) i don't know but i think they rang a lot of drama out of it for the past fucking 10 years outrageous fucked up terrible don't do that shit it's not nice anyway moving on see it moving right along yeah go ahead uh i've been i've been um playing um hitman uh i've been playing the hitman trilogy were you talking about this in the discord because people were talking about hitman a lot and i must have missed it yeah so i started playing hitman um it is hilarious how different (laughs) it is from red dead redemption because red dead redemption you know the last (laughs) game that i just played uh is very much a like you know hold a to progress your horse forward during this long cutscene right. that's telling you a story and whatever and then hitman is all like i'm not telling you how to fucking do this dude figure it out <laughs> you know everything <laughs> is like I don't this know. guy is walking around figure out how to get him isolated and murder him and then like all <laughs> of the cutscenes are just like good job number man <laughs> <laughs> It's very video gamey. They have like a like an opening cut sequence where it's all just like him going through training and the guy is just like, he's perfect. He's basically nobody. He has no <laughs> hair, no facial expressions, no story or background or nothing. He's basically not even a character. <laughs> it's like not a guy, kind of. <laughs> And then all you do is just like fly around the world and she's just like, this guy is a vaguely elite person from Mumbai. Walk around Mumbai and try to find him and murder him. And you're like, sick, nice. (laughs) (laughs) And the absolute funniest thing about it is that like, you do go all over the world and no matter where you are and no matter what race of people it is that you're dealing with, like 47 or whatever number he is, uh, (laughs) <laughs> whenever he uh is it 43 i don't doesn't matter i literally don't know <laughs> doesn't matter at all he's not a character <laughs> uh, he's a but, number but anytime he like puts on a disguise like it doesn't matter what race the person that he puts the disguise on is everybody's like oh yeah that's that guy <laughs> <laughs> it's like team america <laughs> it literally is that's what made me think of it is that he just keeps doing like the dirk Allah. <laughs> Muhammad Jihad. Muhammad Jihad. It's <laughs> <laughs> cotton balls on his face. <laughs> oh, sherpa, sherpa, sherpa. <laughs> when the guy, that's the best part of the whole movie is when the guy responds to him like, oh, sherpa, sherpa, sherpa. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so I've been playing that and uh, and then I watched, I rewatched uh, Scream 5. Uh, in preparation for the imminent release of Scream 6, mm-hmm. Ghostface takes Manhattan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I rewatched Scream 5. And um, I think now seeing it a second time, knowing all the things that happened, knowing, you know, just kind of like watching it more to pay attention to the movie itself rather than like being swept up in the story of it. I now think I've revised my belief and now think it might be the best Scream movie. Oh wow! Because you liked it, I liked it a lot, and I but I also love all the screen movies basically. Um, uh huh. And I think yeah, now that I I have revisited and thought about it a lot more, I do actually think that it's the best screen movie, um, or it's at least close with number one. Uh, it's uh 
really fucking good, man. It really hits all the notes that it wants to hit. Like it, it does a lot of good requel stuff. Um, I didn't remember. I feel like when we talked about it on the show, when I watched it, I totally forgot about the whole thing where they have like this ghost vision of Billy Loomis, <laughs> uh, Skeet Ulrich's character from the first movie, oh, talking yeah, yeah. to the main character. She is his uh, bastard daughter, and she like uh, is that a thing that you say bastard daughter? I don't know. Whatever, uh, <laughs> <laughs> bitch. I don't know. <laughs> what is a girl bastard? <laughs> Is it a bitch? (laughs) (laughs) Is a girl bastard a bitch? (laughs) Well, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Oh man. Anyway. Uh, you know, it's kind of like hitting on these these notes of like modern prestige horror. Um, I was noticing more how intentional the cinematography is in it. Um, I was very intrigued by that as kind of like an element of the, the, you know, the prestige horror thing. But then I also totally forgot that like, it's really mostly just about like horror fandom and it's Uh doing this sort of metatextual screamy thing about like fans of movies and how like, how like they, it's basically, it's, it's a movie about how, uh, they had to make the Justice League movie six hours long so that none of the fans did a mass <laughs> shooting. You know, it's, <laughs> right. it's it's a movie about that. It's a movie about literally the motives of the killers. And it's been a year, so I can just talk about it now. The motives of the killers in the movie are the stab movies aren't good anymore. And they're trying to do a scream killing because they know they'll make a stab movie about it. And they're trying to do a better job of it so that the next stab movie is good. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> They're trying to force reboot murder. Yes. Because uh-huh. <laughs> like at this Man, point, I it's like every time it. there's Scream movies, they make a Stab movie about the incident. So they're right. like, if we do this good, then they'll make a good Stab movie. Because they haven't had a Scream killing in 10 years. So they, they're off in these like stupid elements and whatever that don't make any sense. Of course. Because um, they're all stupid now. Every yeah. every movie has gone on too long. So I I I like it very much. Uh, I think it's it's extremely extremely worth watching, and now has made me a lot more interested in what's going to happen with Scream Six and what the what the angle is going to be. Because now I kind of feel like, what if Scream goes political? What if <laughs> what if the idea of this one is about like like danger in the city you know or what if like what if what if a bunch of uh sjw kids do a a woke killing mm. so that the so that the movies get woke <laughs> <laughs> we only kill white men yeah they only start killing cops oh that would be pretty tight yeah but no i was thinking about how like um you have this scene in the trailer of Ghostface shooting up the fucking bodega and whatever, and how reminiscent it is of oh, that yeah. story about the guy who like stabbed the guy who was robbing his bodega and that he went to jail for it and shit. Yeah. You know, and like, I'm like, what Scream if. Scream six, the knockout game. <laughs> what if that's what it is? What if that's the idea? Is what if like, what if this one is about like the, ang- the modern anxieties around cities, you know? Right. What if that's where it's going? I don't and they're know. just like, I think that'd be fun. 
I'm excited. I hope they do go a little political. Because the thing is, like, it's the same people who did this one, you know? So it's like, I mm-hmm. feel like they aren't doing it unless they've got some sort of a cheeky little angle on it, you know? And uh, I'm excited to see what it is. Nice. So what did you watch this week, Bryn? Uh, well, the first thing I watched was um, The Menu. Mm. Um, which we got a hilarious comment about um, from a Patreon subscriber, I think, mm. that we were being pretentious because you didn't like it. Okay. Um, I don't I know if you that. saw that. Uh, it was hilarious. And, was it in our, uh, in our messages? Let me look for it. I think it was in not the messages, but the like the actual episode we talked about or something. Oh, that would be on um, that would be on our regular SoundCloud. Oh, maybe it was a SoundCloud comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember. Hang on, I'll look for it. I'll the find it. The truth is, but I'll I watched it. it because you said it was bad, and then my friend, uh, who's in my band, also said it was bad. And you guys have very different tastes. Um, and I was like, "All right, what's going on with this movie?" Um, so I watched it. Um, and this movie's stupid. <laughs> like, I don't know where it came from. Uh, it's directed by this guy named Mark Mylod. Um, he has a, he's only re- directed like really stupid. Like he directed Ali G into house that movie, the Ali G movie. And then like two weird romantic comedies that no one fucking saw. And then this. So I don't know who's like pushing this. I guess he was like, it's probably because he was like a director for Succession. Mm. She's like, I got to rebrand and be like, uh, you know, I'm making commentary about rich people or whatever. Where is this fucking comment? Sorry, I I just found the message where somebody calls us a eugenicist. (laughs) Oh, don't worry about that. (laughs) That's something else. (laughs) Brian, have you been doing eugenics? No. <laughs> Is this the person haven't. that I banned from the Discord? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that person. Oh, sorry, uh, I'm the eugenicist then. Yeah. I did eugenics uh, by banning someone from Discord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I, anyway, I don't, I can't, I don't know where it was. But anyway, um, they called us, they called us pretentious for not liking the menu. They call this pretentious for not liking the menu. I may have deleted it on mm. accident. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, I, I, I thought the movie was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty surprisingly bad, I guess. Um, I, I just, I don't think it has much to say. Yeah. Um, so, Someone on Twitter, um, who I enjoy and won't name here, um, was talking about how they're like, it's not a send up of rich people. It's a send up of Trump. Ever heard of him? (laughs) (laughs) I do like that guy. Uh, But no, she was saying that like, it's a send up of like trying. It's a, it's a, it's a satire of trying to like how futile it is to make art under capitalism and how it'll mm. always be corrupted and you know people will use you and you know the only you know the only thing you can do is just like you know end it all um and i was like that's basically the same uh message as ratatouille 
<laughs> like <laughs> like sure. the whole the whole scene at the end where he's like she's like tricks him into like making a cheeseburger or something mm-hmm. is literally just the end of ratatouille yeah um but not emotional or like trying to be like everyone in this movie acts like a cardboard cutout it's like it the whole like people are getting their fingers chopped off and they're just like not running away they're yeah. not like attack- well, they're on no an one has island, guns so it's like you yeah know. but no one has guns either so they could just like bum rush them they're why are they why are they acting like trained militiamen when they're just chefs well and we I, talked about this when i watched it that like so much of the weird behavioral acting stuff is just in service of making a couple of twists happen because yes. like if if Anya taylor joy talked like a regular person like a <laughs> yeah. real person and like you know like she acts for the first half of the movie like she doesn't know that she's a sex worker who's been hired to come with him. <laughs> right, <know>? yeah. <laughs> like, she acts like she's his girlfriend. Yeah. For and, some and, reason. And, and I guess like, you know, he maybe like paid her to do that or whatever, but like still there's a lot Every of like there there's a lot of stuff that like she talks as if they have a longer history with each other than they do. And that yes. only works because they want to nail it when the reveal happens that she's a sex worker who he hired and he knew that they were going to die and whatever. Like, right. And I think everything in the movie is that where it's just like, everything is like, yeah, they would kill themselves for this guy because the plot mm-hmm. we want it to be that that's how we want it to be. But there's no, nothing is selling me that nothing is selling me that this guy is some sort of like, you know, cult leader who could really and and then like the the boyfriend or whatever tyler like they just like have him hang himself and then he just like does yeah it doesn't really (laughs) make any sense because of all the characters it's least believable from him because he sure he's like so ashamed of himself and whatever for his for his failing in front of his heroes and whatever but like of all the characters this guy fucking like paid for this whole experience knowing he's gonna die there's no right. way that he's going to kill himself before the meal is over. That just doesn't make any sense. Like yeah. that's uh, it. It's. I feel like there's there's some people will be like, oh, it's a satire. You know, it's supposed to be a little over the top or whatever. Not funny though. Yeah, that's like, the biggest problem. Is it's not very funny. You know, it's not funny at all. And the it's also s'more not is funny. Like there's some funny things that happen throughout, but like it's really not funny enough. It's it's not funny and it's not scary enough. Mm-hmm. Like. The the movie really in tone reminded me of that movie Ready or Not. Did you ever see that? No. Oh, you got you should you should see that. It's pretty good. Um, it's a movie about a girl who is getting married to uh, the heir of like basically Milton Bradley, like mm-hmm. a billion dollar game company, and they have a tradition when anybody enters the family, they have to like pull a card and play whatever game is on the card. But if you pull hide and seek hide and seek is to the death mm. and so they're trying to kill the whole family and that's the only her. one like all the it's other the only ones one. are <laughs> everything else is just like play parcheesi or whatever and then they do um but hide and seek is they they kill her uh-huh. um and what's fun about that movie is that everyone kind of knows that that could happen but is does not want to do it mm-hmm. and is acting like they don't want to do it and is just sort of like either kind of baffled that they actually are doing it or 
just like, let's get this over with because I want to go home. <laughs> like this really like just put on rich person who's just like, oh my God, we have to fucking do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's just terrified and like earnestly trying to survive like die hard. Um, so it's a very similar dynamic where everyone's just this different type of rich person and her life's in danger, but no one cares. Um, but that movie is simultaneously funny and scary. And this movie is neither. Um, so I, I was really, I mean, even with going in with no expectations, I was pretty surprised how like it didn't even meet that bar. <laughs> um, like it just wasn't very good at all. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why anyone liked it. Um, so the other thing I did watch was the a movie called Come On, Come On mm. from 2021, uh, written and directed by Mike Mills. Yeah, that looks uh, really good. I wanted to watch that. Yeah, uh, Mike Mills has only directed four movies in his whole life, um, or only only four features. They were Thumbsucker, Beginners, tw- and 20th Century Women in this. Interesting. Um, I didn't. First of all, I didn't know that it was the Thumbsucker guy. It's the Thumbsucker guy. Also, um, didn't realize Jabuki is in this. He and has a Gabby little part. Hoffman, your busted yes. hot wife. <laughs> That's why I was posting about her because she's great in this. Um, so this movie is about a base. He basically works for NPR, doing like a radio lab type show. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's his kind of on he he his sister. Um, they haven't spoken in the year since their mom died. Um, and she has a child and the dad is like, kind of went through this like mental break. Um, he's like struggling with mental illness and she has to like go somewhere to Oakland to help her ex-husband like get better from like basically being like slightly schizophrenic, like schizoaffective disorder. And so he kind of has to take care of this like nine-year-old child. Mm. Um, and he agrees to it. And then he like, it, it takes a long time. So he takes the kid back to New York City. So the movie is just this, it kind of just starts. And I have to say that for the first like 30 minutes, I wasn't on board. Like it wasn't working for me. It's really confusing what's happening because it kind of just starts and mm-hmm. then you're just thrown into this extremely complex situation. Um, but you're mostly focusing on his relationship with this kid. Um, but they barely know each other. And the kid is like kind of this like overly precocious kid. You know, mm-hmm. like he just like is a little too smart and says things that I feel like a maybe a nine-year-old kid wouldn't really say. Especially because the movie's intercut with him doing his radio journalism where he's like interviewing actual kids like Joaquin Phoenix is interviewing actual kids who aren't acting mm-hmm. um and uh, just about like what do you think the future is going to be like like you know do you what do you think adults could do to make the future better or whatever and they're just like almost every other scene is like intercut with someone a, a kid saying their honest opinion about those things um so i wasn't really feeling it but there's like a turning point once they get to New York where their relationship starts to become like strained and it starts to be about having like being in a situation that is really, really stressful 
and not really knowing what to do about it and really not having anything else you can do about it and just trying to realize that you're powerless to do anything good about it um, and just take cons- consolation in the fact that you're around someone you care about and like can trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once it just becomes about them like getting through this really tough situation, oh my God, it killed me. This <laughs> this movie is so fucking sad. <laughs> um, and, and just in a really beautiful way, you know, it's just about him sort of realizing through his relationship with this kid, his nephew, that, uh, you know, he's been kind of running away from a lot of his problems and hasn't really been expressing them to the people who he needs to. Um, and I don't know if, yeah, it's really tough. It's a, <laughs> it's a really hard movie to watch. Um, it's not a sad, like it doesn't have a sad ending. It's a very happy ending. You know, it's like just about them sort of coming together and forming a good relationship with his nephew. who hasn't really taken the time to know cause he lives across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was really, I was surprised that this movie didn't get as much attention. Yeah. I feel like I, it was, like, was it an Oscar nominee? I don't think it really, like, I think it had some accolades like it, on no, Wikipedia, no. it's like, you know, a, like independent spirit awards yeah. that nominated and didn't win. Um, and I don't know. Maybe, I don't know if there was like a lot of other good stuff that came out in 2021 that I'm forgetting about. But I, I feel like it was quite good. Um, and I think it really kind of hinges on whether you buy the kid. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of tough because definitely for part of it, I didn't. Like, I think that the kid, he's a great actor, but I think he's written a little bit too, I think he's written a little bit too precocious and, like, knowledgeable. Like, there's a scene where he uh, is, like, trying to express himself to the kid, and the kid says, like, you're terrible at this. <laughs> you know, like, you're not good at this at all. And Yeah, like, that's... Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like uh-huh. it's a little bit too he's like too knowledgeable and too forward uh and too able to like get under his skin. Um but I feel like especially early on I was just like they're trying to show you that the kids kind of closed off and like dealing with the really tough situation um by like being really sarcastic and and being like kind of above it all. But about halfway through the movie, he like his acting and the writing of it like turns to where he like becomes a little like a very fragile child. Um, like there's a part where he's like asking his mom, like what's going on with his dad, and he's like, "Is it like it was before?" And she's like, uh, "The mom is amazing. Like Gabby Hoffman is incredible in this movie." Um, and her like telling him, and he just like the way he can't handle what's going on and like when he finally like breaks the kids acting becomes really, really good. Mm. Um, so I think it just depends on if it works for you. <laughs> uh, if you can buy that the kid is, if their relationship works. Um, and if it doesn't, I think you're kind of just going to be rolling your eyes for a lot of it. And then it's going to feel a little cloying when it does get really obviously like we're trying to make you cry. We're trying to pull at your heartstrings, mm-hmm. um, but it worked for me. 
even after I kind of was thinking about turning it off. So I'd recommend it. It's a really cute movie. Um, and it's not too sad. <laughs> not too sad. Yeah. So I liked it. Nice. Well, I think it's time, Bryn. Yes. That we move on to our feature presentation. I think we must. And in honor and of Black History Month, <laughs> folks, yeah, this week we have watched the 1987 Japanese anthology original video animation anime film, Robot Carnival. Robot Carnival. Directed by Hidetoshi Umori, Hiroyuki Kikatubo, Hiroyuki Itazume, <laughs> Katsuhiro Otomo, Koji Morimoto, Mao Lamdo, Takashi Nakamura, and Yasuomi Umetsu. Great job. You only really missed one. <laughs> Written by. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All of those same people. <laughs> Yeah, this movie is 91 minutes of animation extravaganza. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to find any sort of like, I don't know, oral history of like how this came together. Mm. I did see that there is like a documentary about it or something. I wasn't going to oh, watch it. Oh, is there really? It, but um, I might have watched it. There is some sort of a thing about the creation of it. Or wow. it's like maybe just like looking back on it or something. Let me see if I can find it. Um, but this movie is a bunch of really talented uh, animators who, for whatever reason, uh, came together um, and directed a little movie where they all got like what, what feels like 10 minutes tops. Yeah. So from my understanding, what happened was that it's like a... Uh, it's like dudes who were involved in the anime industry who were like pretty like far along in their career, but hadn't quite like directed or created their own shit yet. Right. Um, and so this was kind of like for them to just kind of like just go hog wild and like make something cool. <laughs> uh, and the connective tissue between all these things, I guess is robots. Uh, although some, yeah, they all have some, some robots are, in it. The one, the the cloud one, is like extremely uh, not a robot, but uh, whatever, I guess. Um, <laughs> Wait, which one is not a robot? The cloud one. I think it's just called oh, Cloud. No, that little guy walking. He's the little a guy robot. walking is like he's a robot, but he's like whatever. Like it's it's <laughs> not really like it's like this guy will clearly wanted to do this cool sequence of clouds and shit, and yeah. th- these people were like, we're doing it robot themed, and he's like, all right, I'll put a little robot in the corner. Or whatever. Yeah, he'll be a robot or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but most of them very robot heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess the idea was that they wanted to like you know this is two years after Akira. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess Otomo was like maybe using his fame to be like, let's give all of my friends a chance to like have a, have a little bit of the spotlight maybe um, is my guess. Um, But they were able to grab 
you know, a lot of people and do a cool little movie. So the movie opens with uh, Katsuhiro Otomo's, um, his first thing, he bookends it. That's yeah. one of the reasons I'm thinking about that is because I know Akira was a very big movie and uh, for him and he opens and I think in, in, in some, I think in the, in the marketing it was like Otomo's Robot Carnival or whatever. So I'm assuming that par at least part of it was him getting this all funded. Um, but it begins with uh, just like this little weird desert village. Um, and a little kid is like, uh, finds out that the robot carnival is coming and warns the village and the war robot carnival comes and then just fucking destroys the whole city. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's this really huge, um, sort of, it's like the, um, it's like the big, uh, truck thing that the Jawas drive was around say, in, yeah. uh, in star Wars, <laughs> but it's like the text for robot carnival. Uh, and it all looks very Akira like, uh, very sick. They all speak like gibberish. It's kind of like a Mad Maxi sort of a, like, you know, uh, post-apocalyptic, uh, yeah. What do you call that aesthetic? Grease punk? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it has a bunch of, like, the sides of the the machine has a bunch of greebles on it, like the Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Um, it's just very, very detailed mm -hmm. um, and impressive. Um, and he's, you know, clearly putting a lot of effort into making it beautiful because it's the opening sequence of this movie. And, you know, there's it feels like a lot of what's happening here is like dudes trying to stunt on each other. Cause I yes. just like clicking through all these dudes, it looks like they all kind of work on Akira together. Maybe they're all just kind of like homies from work. And yeah. like, it feels a lot of the time, like these are all kind of trying to like, in some ways, yeah, stunt on each other. And, and it's a little bit unfair <laughs> to, to have <laughs> Otomo as one of your guys who's stunting on you, but he, he very easily he's, <laughs> he very easily takes it, you know. <laughs> like if you're really king, looking man. at these, he's if you're so really insane. trying to rank these, like he very obviously takes it. <laughs> yeah, by a, by a mile. Yeah, uh, it's insane to open with this and then be like, "All right, motherfuckers, live up to this." Yeah. Next <laughs> up, what if Frankenstein made a robot? <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, okay. So yeah, so that it just. The opening robot carnival, you know, that's basically the title sequence. Um, and then we go to Franken's Gears. Um, Which is the first short. And these are like varying lengths, uh, but they all kind of hover like vaguely around 10 minutes. Um, yes. Franken's I feel like some Gears, of them are really short. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The one I'm thinking of that's like the battle one is extremely short. Um so Franken's Gears is a mad scientist who is building a robot. He connects it to the lightning like Frankenstein and the thing comes to life and it mimics everything he does. Uh, and um, it's kind of like a cute, fun sequence. And then Dr. Frankenstein falls over and the robot falls over on top of him. Uh, yeah. This one is not my favorite one. Not a strong <laughs> opener. It's also not my... It's. It, I think the... So Koji Morimoto, Morimoto um, he didn't really do much um, 
he hasn't really directed much of his own stuff. Um, he worked on Akira. He worked on um, uh, like just a ton of stuff. It's a Kiki's delivery service, Ultraman, but he doesn't really direct that much stuff. But he did do one of the Animatrix ones. Um, oh, really? Called called Beyond. Um, so he he, I think he's sort of like an animator's animator friend. You know what I mean? Mm. Like he I also, also think- has a. I may be mistaken, but the sequencing of this is funny. Like, I think that different versions, different releases of this movie have had different um, oh, sequencing. Because right. I'm looking at the one on YouTube right now, trying to trying to find the uh, the Franken's gears, and it's like halfway through on this one. But on the one that so, I watched, it was right after the opening credits. Yes, uh, there's a streamlined pictures English dub. Um, and I think the English, which is weird because there's only like two segments with any talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but apparently they shuffled the order of the segments and modified the ending segment by removing the still images of the robot carnival, placing the two animated segments next to each other, placing all the credits at the very end. Uh, the still images of the robot carnival were most likely removed to due to streamlines practice of removing all on-screen kanji from their anime in order to quote unquote Americanize them. Mm. So there was a an in, quote unquote English dubbed version um that doesn't have it's all in a different order. Um but we watched the original version um and Franken's Gears is first. Yeah. So Franken's Gears I like the um I like the backgrounds a lot and I like the robot a lot. I don't really love Franken himself. He's kind of a little shitty looking. <laughs> he is a little <laughs> shitty looking. I think I think what uh Morimoto is really impressive with here is light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, light um, is very cool in this. It made me it makes me think I have like a little story in my head here that like Morimoto must have been the one who kind of invented the way lights work in Akira. Mm. Um and that's why Otomo is like this guy is a genius and I'm going to include him in everything I do. Yeah, um, I am he I'm must, looking at this. like because yeah, Franken's gears is like everything, like almost every shot has like weird lighting effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like when the when the circle, when he when the when the robot finally comes to life and the circle of black and white like starts growing, like there's so many cool effects in this. Um, but the reason he probably hasn't directed anything is because <laughs> this is a pretty proof that he's just not really interested in telling a story <laughs> he yeah. just wants to make cool shots yeah because ultimately um, like it's it's not only is it not a particularly interesting story that he's telling here it's not even particularly well told like the little story that he is telling like yeah. one of the things that really bummed me out is like i read the synopsis of it before watching it um and and like when his robot falls on him like visually if i didn't read the description before it i wouldn't have known that that's what happened like it's just not actually very well conveyed (laughs) that the robot falls on him right and this this is the one that i I read i was watching this movie and then i was like what happened and i went went and read it and i was like oh and i just like started reading every 
description before before watching them you know like as they were starting just to make sure i was following it yeah because not all these don't all work as like stories um i will i personally think they all work as incredibly impressive animation showcases Mm -hmm. um but as stories they're mostly strange (laughs) yeah they're a little iffy for the most part so then we go to deprive um this one i didn't is one of my the ones i didn't like as much oh this is the Uh, battle one right this is the like (laughs) yeah this is the dvz seeming one yeah i I I really didn't care for this one i extremely zoned out zoned out on this one (laughs) i feel like there was a quite a few there was like there's three that look like they were done by gundam people Mm -hmm. um and i looked it up and this one was by the guy who did gundam seed interesting um i was thinking how funny it is that like at the end of it at the end of the whole movie there's that one uh you know wood gundam the racist wood gundam one yes Um, i love the racist wood gundam one i love that one but i was thinking how like that one bills itself as like part two of like a of this like (laughs) ongoing serial and how this one uh uh the one we're talking about now um deprive uh actually just feels like it actually is an episode of a show that i'm not watching you know (laughs) yeah and would never watch and would never watch (laughs) You're just getting like this kind of like part of a story where you're like, oh, something happened before and something's yeah. happening now. And I guess I <laughs> care. This one is about um, a bunch of robots attack a city and then a little girl has a, a robot protector and he has her locket and then they steal her and uh, then the, the alien lady like tortures him and and uh captures him and then he fights her and then saves the girl and that's and then she like recognizes the locket because he's now looks like a guy for some reason and she's like oh my robot interesting you thought Um, that was a lady i thought it was a gay guy (laughs) oh the um the 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 alien the alien yeah i thought it was a gay guy i thought it was a blue lady that's a gay guy i think (laughs) like frieza like Frieza, exactly, Bryn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like Come Frieza, on, Frieza's a, Frieza's or a gay. Cell. <laughs> I don't know. Cell. Cell is maybe. gay. Cell's gay. Cell's definitely um, gay. Vegeta is gay. Oh yeah, this is all in the wrong order. Boo is ace, I guess. Boo. Yeah. Sure. I think Boo is ace. Although I feel like as he develops he gets gayer sell <laughs> or boo boo sell oh, gets yeah, yeah, yeah. actually no you know what boo goes from ace to a heterosexual gym man like a, because he <laughs> like his like little puffy pants like when he becomes like buff like cool boo he looks like he's like a he looks like a basketball player yes he looks like a basketball yeah, player gets... at the end of a game when he takes his shirt off he looks like a guy who'd fuck for sure <laughs> um so this one uh deprive is uh lame it's pretty lame Um, i don't care for it it it. feels like it feels very 80s that's the thing is that this movie was made in 1987 you can tell by the music Mm -hmm. and the animation style if you're a big weeb but like even if you 
don't never seen an anime before you'd be like oh this is from the 80s because of the music um but this one in terms of anime feels very like a guy who captures is a robot and he captures the he, he rescues a girl and then they run away together or whatever and it's like okay whatever and i, I would say this one doesn't even really impress me much with the animation. No, it's not. It just kind of feels cool. like standard, standard anime stuff. Uh, then we go to Presence, uh, which is a feels like a pretty long one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really love the opening of it, where they just take the they the rip a dude's head. robot head off, and they just like go <laughs> kick it, and like and it's unrelated to the rest. Has <laughs> nothing to and, do with anything else. These kids just steal a dude's fucking robot head. Yeah, and and they kick it around, and and the robot head is like, "Come on, come this on, sucks. boys, leave me alone!" And they're like, "All right, <laughs> this after hurts. this, old man," and they punt him. <laughs> that shit ruled. That part is awesome. The rest um, of it. Then, okay <laughs> well yeah it's it's interesting because i really like the, the animation is um very carefully done and and delicate and clearly like masterful but the character design is so ugly to me it's so fucking um, hideous this dude looks like a <laughs> fucked up like like an inbred dog <laughs> yeah he's got like no nose yeah. and his head is like the wrong shape um but it's basically like this weird British guy who's making um He's making a, a sex girl robot. Doll. Yeah, he's making a weird sex <laughs> I little was girl laughing doll. So much to myself. <laughs> I was picturing like cuz there like there's this opening scene where he's like at uh he's at tea with his wife and they're having like awful conversation and like he's very clearly right. uncomfortable. Everyone's uncomfortable. And he's like well, I have to go to my study now and work on my project. <laughs> and he goes up there and it's this like fucking Lolita doll in a schoolgirl outfit. And has this picture again being like, so what is your name? And it's like a reverse shot back to her face. And she has like the blow up doll open now. <laughs> She doesn't talk or move. It's just a blow-up doll. It's just doll. a blow-up doll mouth with like with like a rotating thing inside. I was like, <laughs> and just all of her dialogue is just that. He's just like, he's like, so you want to see the outside? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah that's what happens in this one <laughs> uh for whatever reason they we take a long time where he's like talking to this like sex robot and uh he realizes that she has a personality i guess yeah she's and like i want to know love i want to know the world i want to see the world and he's like no and he just kills her <laughs> And then we get a couple of scenes of him being old and feeling regret and like seeing her in in his memory or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, stupid one. I mean, I I think that like, I I think there's a lot of a lot of you know interesting stories that have been told and could be told about like what it means to love an inanimate object or you know the you know we we had that movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. There's like you know there's movies like about that but this is just stupid um also it's gross that she looks like a little girl mm-hmm. um so moving on <laughs> and he loves uh, her so have... much and he walks off with her at the end 
he's an ancient old man and she still be looking like a child. Right. Because they stay the same age. Yes, they do. Yes, uh, they do. <laughs> uh, Starlight Angel is... The uh, best one. Uh, I love Starlight Angel. <laughs> Don't you dare say anything bad about it. I, did, I wasn't gonna. I was gonna say it was a Bishojo story, according to Wikipedia. Um, Bishojo? It's just a cute, a beautiful girl story. Mm-hmm. And it's just about a little girl who goes to the uh, amusement park and... Um, her boyfriend is now going with her friend and she's so mad about that. That she just and like fucking she... hallucinates. <laughs> yeah. According to the Wikipedia, she finds her way to a virtual reality r- ride. But I don't really remember that being set up. No, All I just remember her starting just... to fucking trip because she's so mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then she causes the ride to summon a giant laser breathing mech. And then the, there's a robot that like, you know, helps her. Uh go through this uh dark emotion that she's having yeah uh and this one is cool i mean it's it's a little stupid but the the animation is really fun it's again a little kind of anime standard it doesn't yeah it doesn't look super different from other anime uh it looks very sailor moony uh but i love like the robots are like i love like all these like neon light effects and stuff that are around yes. and i just love how fucking it. wacky it is for no reason <laughs> <laughs> the mecca is awesome um it's, yeah the mech has has the fucking sex doll face as i recall <laughs> it looks like uh one of the it looks like the purple robot from um from neon genesis Eve, yeah, evangelion. I was gonna say it's evangelion yeah and it's got a um, big it's got a big wide open receiving mouth <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the guy who did uh, Gundam Char's counterattack in Armitage Three. Um, so this one's fun. I liked this one. It has cool '80s music. It says that it was inspired by the Aha's Take on Me video, which I didn't really. Yeah, I don't see that so much. I guess um, it's also drawn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we go to Cloud which is a very short one. Um, it's got this sort of cool black and white like etching style, and yeah. it's just this neat little artsy. Yeah. I kept thinking like if they just put this on a TV screen on loop in an art gallery, I would love it. I don't think yeah. it's right for this project, but I also think mm-hmm. it's so sick that I'm kind of like, I don't know, whatever. Uh, yeah. I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, it doesn't belong here or possibly anywhere. Um, <laughs> and, and and what's cool about this movie, I think, is that none of them really fit together. And it's just like they all, all want to do different things. <laughs> That's kind and of it. They had to pick something. It's like when the Dark Council tries to figure out what the theme is. Uh, they're like, we all want to draw robots. So that's fine. Um, yeah. And this one has like this cool thing where it's like all of a sudden like the nuclear bomb is involved and then like yeah. the rockets and I think it's really nice looking. Uh, it just, it feels like a little aside. Uh, and I think that's what kind of hurts it is that like, because it's so different and sort of has a completely different like artsy vibe, it almost feels like your brain is like, all right, time to ignore it, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't. It's good. It's just, yeah, it doesn't really fit. You know, what's funny is this is the only one that had my undivided attention. 
No, me too. Every other I one would... of these, I like because I think I'm just so trained from years of doing balling out to just like <laughs> like to just not pay attention to anime in any serious way. And then like this, I was like, wait a second, that's not anime. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of paying very close attention, the strange tales of Meiji machine culture, Westerners invasion mm. has a really cool style that I really liked. It's, it's not, it doesn't look like anime exactly like it, it definitely does has a certain anime style, but it doesn't look like eighties Gundam. <laughs> no, it looks um, like, um, I mean, it looks like, uh, uh, like world war two era, um, or actually, even pre World War Two era, like old Japanese uh, propaganda posters, like it looks like uh, like the art that they made making fun of Westerners. Right, exactly. Which is, from what I understand, what it's supposed to be referencing. Yeah. This, I love this, this guy, dude. He looks so fucked up. It's incredible. <laughs> this guy directed Blood: The Last Vampire. I don't know. Oh, seen I that. love that. Yeah. Um. So this this it immediately had like a very different style it doesn't look like blood the last vampire but it um it it has a it's clearly trying to do something funnier and interesting um and this one is about a american i guess who or, or a westerner i don't know who yeah, he's just some sort to be. of a western dog he speaks english though yeah so so he could be australian i think he's <laughs> i think he's supposed to be american we don't know or british we, we don't, don't know. know. I don't know. Um, He's just yeah, of guess, the West. He could be from New Zealand. Sure. I, what is the West anyway? Um, but this one is literally just two giant robots fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, but the weird thing about that is the giant robots are made of wood and bricks. Yeah. And like steam powered. And the Japanese kids are like, they're all kind of dressed in like old timey yeah it's old timey uh, japan like it's, it's meiji or uh, japan whatever that means yeah. uh but it's old timey japan you can see uh and uh all of the american voice actors in in a strange creative choice i guess because of the fact that it is very distinctly supposed to be japanese people and a westerner they made a conscious decision to do japanese accents uh and I've never heard that in anime before. I've never heard anybody consciously be like, this guy's Japanese. I'm going to do a Japanese guy voice. And so it's like all <laughs> these like white voice actors doing Japanese guy voices, which makes it feel really uh, fucking weird. Oh, wait. The ch- Japanese people? The Japanese characters in the... Oh, in the Japanese... In the version oh, I watched, watched, they were speaking Japanese. You watched subbed. I see. Yeah. Uh, I watched the dub... And in the oh. in the dub, uh, these guys speak English also, and uh, they speak English with a Japanese accent. So they're all like, okay, they're all doing like really, really broad <laughs> Japanese accents. <laughs> I see. You should show me how it sounds. How does it sound? <laughs> not <laughs> for not for recording here. <laughs> <laughs> not the regular episode. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, but uh no, yeah, in the regular in the one I watched, it was uh I, I probably because they wanted to keep the the dichotomy there. They wanted the the American to be speaking English, the westerner to be speaking English, and then the Japanese people to be specifically Japanese. Mm-hmm. So if they're all speaking English, they would have to make sure that they're like accented. Um so that makes sense. Uh, I think it works better when he's speaking English and they're all speaking Japanese. Um, 
And this one has a lot of talking and it's sort of broad, silly, like feels very old timey uh, comedy, um, where just a lot of people like hitting each other on the head or like slipping or being sleepy or whatever. Uh, but it's still really fun and a cute little thing. Um, and then at the end, they beat the the Westerner, his big robot, and then they see the rising sun <laughs> uh, flag over the, the horizon. And she's like, that's not the rising sun, that's the setting sun. And he gets all sad and, <laughs> and he tries to hit on the girl and then um, falls off the butt robot or something. I don't know. It's a silly one. Um, and then lastly, we have Chicken Man and Redneck. Which I completely um, fucking forgot about. I thought we were done. <laughs> no, no, one more. Uh, this one is really cool. Um, it's just about this weird little guy. I don't know why it's called this. I don't know what the references are here. It was re it was retitled Nightmare for the American release because what the hell does Chicken Man and Redneck mean? But he's just basically like a drunk who's having a dream. Basically, um, he imagines that there's robots um or 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 there really are i can't really tell can't really but tell i think that's the point um he's drunk and they you know the they take over the city and start destroying it and he's like running away it's basically just a really long chase scene on mopeds um and then and then he gets he like, like a whole like, mr magoo sequence where he's like getting put through all these robot machines and stuff. And it's cool. Oh, yeah. It's all nice and detailed. It looks kind of like, um, like the, the lighting kind of makes it look like Batman, the animated series at times. Yes. It has a really kind of dark look to it. And his character design is really also not anime. Very like, not very anime. It feels very, um, and when I say, I don't know, I feel like I'm not describing that correctly. I'm, it doesn't feel traditional. No, like, it looks like um, it reminds me a lot of like um, stuff like Bebe's Kids. <laughs> like it yeah, looks like I, a Western it, animations like depiction of an Asian man. Yeah, and he's real rubbery and you know very Buster Keaton-y. It's like a Buster Keaton short with uh, robots. Um, and then he wakes up or the sun rises and then he's like, oh, they're all gone. But then he's like, they're all in the skyscrapers or whatever. Um, and that's it. And then we go back to the end. Robot Carnival uh, has destroyed the whole city. We get more Otomo. Um, again, just stunting on all these fools. Um, and Who dared make a movie with him. <laughs> who <laughs> his friends uh and then i think at the end what is happening they like there's one last uh house that isn't that like they survived and then like this one robot goes and gives them a little music box and then it blows them up yeah. <laughs> and then uh of the big end title uh drops on the shack and the llama is upside down and it's really cute and, you know, it's just a silly opening and ending, but just animated incredibly and impeccably. Uh, and that's the movie. And that's the movie, folks. And it really doesn't have much to say. Nope. It's not really trying to do much of anything except be cool looking. And I think for the most part, it succeeds in it. Um, yeah. 
I think there's only like one or two that I would really honestly say don't look particularly good. And one of those two is also really fun. So I'm kind of like, whatever. Which one is the one that's fun? Uh, is uh, the magical girl one. The whatever oh, that one's called. Starlight, Starlight Angel. Angel. Yeah, it oh, doesn't yeah. look particularly awesome, but uh, is super fun, so I don't care. The only one that yeah. I really don't particularly care for at all is uh, Deprive. I feel like that was a waste of my time. I've, it's kind of unfortunate that the two that I think are the worst are right next to each other, right up front, which is Deprive and Presence, mm-hmm. um, which is just like Deprive is... Deprive didn't bother me, really. It's just so silly. It's like, it's short. It's 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 mercifully short but then presence is kind of long and it's really nicely animated but again i just hate the fucking character design so yeah i at least like um um, yeah you're right there's good parts of presence yeah and it's like i kind of like that it's like it's it's ugly in a compelling way like i don't really think it looks good but uh i love his little his little other toys that are flying around the little ufos and stuff yeah, you're right. That's a pretty cool one. So yeah, there's only really one or two that are bad looking, and Deprive is the only one that you should just straight up skip. Yeah. But otherwise, it's a fun collection of animation. Yeah, it's a fun it's little a- time. If you like animation, if you like Japanese stuff. <laughs> if you like Otomo, it's the only place to see this. Like, there's so little Otomo animation actually in the world. So definitely watch it. It's cool. Anything else to say about it? No, I don't think so. I think that's right. uh, that's that's about it for me. I think uh, if you like animation, if you like Japanese stuff, check it out. If you like Japanese animation, really check it out. <laughs> yeah, if you like Otomo, <laughs> you gotta see it. If everything um, that we said there didn't sound particularly interesting to you, don't check it out. Do not, but <laughs> I would recommend it just generally if you like animation. Um, so thanks Dark Council for picking that for us. Um, next week we will be watching something called Cyber City Odeo 808. Do you have any clue what that is? No fucking idea. Uh, I, I believe, I know which council member picked it and they seem to be implying that it wasn't good. So I'm not excited to watch wow, it. Wow, fantastic. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, we sh- we shall see about that. Um, so if you want to watch along with us, you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss um, and join the Discord where we will show it to you before the episode airs. Um, you can also get bonus episodes every week where we talk about things like the movie news your emails sometimes the address where you live uh (laughs) (laughs) different things that people uh request of us to talk about it's a fun time um you can follow us on twitter at gen loss pod you can follow us individually from there and until next time that's that's movies. movies